Hi everybody and welcome to the ARC360 webinar audio cast recorded on the 9th of December 2020 and brought to you in association with corporate partners BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Part Specialists, Indasa, the Innovation Group and Presco. So this week, forming the panel are Lee Johnson, Managing Director of LD Auto Vogue Limited Accident Repair Centre, Paul Sell, Insurance Claims Consultant and Director at Service Certainty, and Richard Taylor, European Business Development Director at Aztec, where we take a little look back at 2020, bring you some stats, facts and figures from throughout the year, as well as opinion in terms of how it has shaped businesses for the future. And obviously, we start to look ahead to 2021. Enjoy the audio cast. Okay, so huge thank you to our corporate partners, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response, and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as our partners, Aztec, the Green Part Specialists in Darsa, Presco, and the Innovation Group. These guys have been with us all throughout this year, and it's been fantastic support that they've provided for not only ARC360, obviously, but uh, for the industry as a whole. Our disclaimer, uh, so again, just something we like to read out before every webinar we do. So the views and opinions expressed during the following webinar are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the contributors employer, organization committee, or other group or individual. Please respect any all contributions and we encourage you to join the conversation via the interactive functions available. And there we have it. So we've got Lee Johnson, uh, Managing Director of LD Auto Vogue Limited Accident Repair Centre. We've got Paul Sell, Insurance Claims Consultant and Director at Service Certainty. And then we've got Richard Taylor, European Business Development Director at Aztec. All right. Let's bring it back then. Afternoon, all. Hello. Oh, God, you're a rowdy bunch today. I can tell. <laughs> so, <laughs> As per usual fashion, we'll have a little whistle round, uh, a little bit of an introduction in terms of yourselves, uh, where you're at in the industry, and just to apply a little bit of context in case anyone out there doesn't know yourselves. So, Lee, if I can skip across to you, if I first. Yeah, uh, my name's Lee Johnson, um, Managing Director of LD Auto Vogue Limited, uh, an accident repair centre based in Hingham near Norwich, which is uh, in Norfolk. Uh, we're quite marked, manufacturer approved operate from 15,000 square foot facility, um, approved by uh, a lot of insurers and asset management companies and repair around 30 to 50 vehicles a week. Super stuff, Lee. And we know you've been on a, quite a journey there with uh, LD Auto Vogue yeah. in the last few years. So uh, I'm sure we'll uh, have more of an insight there. And uh, I forgot the East Anglia connection on this one. Uh, that was uh, by default rather than design. So uh, Paul, over to you. Give us a little insight into yourself. Yes, the second part of the Norwich Massive you have on this call today. Um, so yeah, I've, I've obviously lived in Norwich all my life, worked for Aviva 23 years, left almost two years ago now, which has just gone so quickly. Um, now working with Service Certainty, uh, and obviously within that, supporting much of the, many of the people I would imagine on, on this webinar through the motor industry, through our network of professional photographers, or our bespoke IT solutions that we've been building recently, which I'm sure we'll come on to some of that um, later. Great stuff. And been dabbling in the home market, as you mentioned earlier. Yes. 
<laughs> Goodness me, let's move on swiftly. Richard Taylor, over to you if we may. Yeah, hi everybody. Um, for those that don't know me, Richard Taylor, um, another one from Norfolk, so I seem to be the Norfolk session today. Uh, like Paul, spent a number of years working at Aviva. Uh, I've done various other things in the industry, including working for Aldertex, um, set up Eurocar Parts' collision business a number of years ago, uh, spent a bit of time setting up GT Motors UK operation, uh, and I'm now with Aztec as the European Business Development Director, um, starting to bring the Aztec solution to the European market. Super stuff. And we're going to hear more from all of you very shortly. But I wanted to open up with our kind of, if you like, what has become traditional poll now. So, uh, again, just a little bit of a gauge in terms of the past couple of weeks. So have you experienced changing claims volumes over the past few weeks? Significant increase, slight increase, remain static, slight decrease, significant decrease. Hit the buttons now. Everything that comes through is anonymous. We can't tell what you're voting for there. So we'll just grab a quick gauge and then we shall go to the rest of the data that we've gathered together for today's session, just to give us an oversight in terms of 2020 and current trends within the market. All right, so the vote's coming in. Another few seconds. And okay. So here we go then, folks, as a little insight. So slight decrease over the past few weeks takes it, arguably unsurprisingly so, having just uh, obviously come towards the tail end of uh, lockdown 2.0 and now emerging out of that. Remains static, 24%, significant decrease, 19%. Obviously not so good news there. Slight increase, 8%. So, uh, so good stuff there. So let's then move on to that data that we promised. So just tracking back a little bit in terms of where we've been for 2020. And this is courtesy of Trend Tracker, their uh, latest report uh, just launched earlier this month, or should I say last month, emerging from COVID-19. And the total market value and volume. So the UK vehicle body repair market value has fallen in 2020 to an estimated 3.57 billion from 4.87 billion in 2019. Total market decline of 1.3 billion. So you can see the graph there on the screen. You can also see obviously the projected uh, or forecast to 2023 and how the market recovers. Also a reference there, average repair costs for the entire market. So that's uh, insurance claims, business claims or claims, uh, etc., has risen from 786 in 2012 to 1123 in 2019, so a 43% increase. The report goes into far more detail uh, than we can ever offer you on a single webinar in terms of the breakdown of those costs, etc., and the implications there, but uh, it's just a little oversight. Repairs deployed via Aldertex, again, uh, trend tracker inclusive in the report. Uh, expected to be 30% lower in 2020 than 2019 as a direct result of COVID-19. And we've had Mark Bull on the webinars previously uh, posting those messages uh, within the forum there. And again, that was obviously up to end of October, I believe these figures uh, were published. More importantly, and I think this is a really nice one, Body Shop Confidence. So uh, a Trend Tracker, MBRA and ARC360, obviously uh, regularly monitored, if you like, the state of the industry, May, June and September. And what's really good to see is the confidence factor within the industry remained pretty uh, stable throughout. So really good sign 
obviously a few less confident and not confidence there, but we'll have again a little look at that later in the webinar. CAPS claims analysis came through yesterday. So again, uh, up to the end of November, the market is tracking at 69% compared to that January, uh, if you like, exchanged peak. So this is exchanged claims. So a slight tail off as arguably would be expected from October. And the same there obviously reflected in terms of the supply chain transmissions as well. Apple mobility trends. And again, these are all kind of showing positive uh, uplifts in recent weeks. So driving is still 12% down, but you can certainly see it's the red line that's kind of hidden behind the orange there on the screen. But certainly things are picking up. You can obviously see the second lockdown dip there that was experienced, but things are on the up. Google COVID-19 community report. I did this for Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes being local to myself. Uh, nothing more uh, scientific than that. 80% uh, reduction in retail compared to the baseline. But again, you can see from this chart here how during lockdown two it was and then the uplift and the same stands across all of these charts at the moment in terms of uplift. And this one was another interesting one, TomTom Tom traffic index for London as of uh, this morning. Uh, the solid red line is live congestion. The dotted orange or red line is previous week's congestion. And then the dotted blue line is the average congestion in 2019. And you can see actually in some places the congestion is higher uh, this year or in recent weeks than it has been in previous. So there's our insight. My goodness. Whew. I'm going to come to you firstly. How would you sum up uh, 2020 from your uh, perspective? Challenging, for sure. But I wouldn't, there's a lot of bad stuff in there. A lot of people, including ourselves, have suffered work volumes, gone down, really down, um, been an issue, um, still is to a point. I mean, we're up. You know, we, we, we went we went right up to 120% at one point after the lockdown, um, which was great. We're, we're down again now, but nowhere near where we were. Um, but if anything, it's not all bad. I think it's quite a good thing because it's made us evaluate every single bit of our business. Um, you know, we've, we've um, let people go where we needed to. We've invested where we needed to. We've, we've done whatever we needed to to be super efficient, cut our costs, and just, just make every aspect really good. Um, customer service, we're, we've had massive amounts of time to concentrate on that, especially when the volumes were down. Um, I mean, we've, we've always had good customer service, but, I, you know, we've really got it on board now. Um, our work providers, we're a lot closer to them now because there's been a lot more interaction between us and them certainly when the parts issue was, was a problem. Um, so our relationships with them have grown. We understand them a lot more, what they need from us. They understand more where we're coming from. And yeah, so for anything, I think for next year, we're well up for it. It's positive, I think. Yeah, yeah. man. Really That's what we like. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. And, and yeah, I mean, all of those things, you know, looking out at what you guys are doing, your, your Google reviews. I've got sort of been keeping eyes on, on yeah. tabs on that, tabs on what you're doing as a business. And um, yeah, I certainly think it's given uh, lots of businesses time to reflect and look yeah, at certain elements of their business. Um, and again, in terms of Lee's experience, 
very different to I know some out there. And I'm, I'm sure all of you guys have been chatting to people, you know, some people sort of saying that they're down at 30% in terms of volume. So there's a huge, there's a vast sway uh, within the sector right now. Not everyone is uh, is certainly tracking at the same, uh, same place right now. Paul, uh, again, same question to you. 2020 from, from your perspective. Oh, I think uh, some of those graphs you showed a moment ago <clears throat> are a good description of probably how people's emotions and and thoughts were during the year. I think there was this initial very scary moment when it all all started, and there was the big first lockdown, um, which impacted everyone severely. Um, and obviously, people then during the year have had various issues with family affected or friends affected by by COVID. But I think as as the period has gone on, it also brought lots of opportunity either, as Lee said, to look at your own business and how you can change that, or from where we're concerned, from a certain perspective, helping people reimagine their businesses and look at different ways to to um, bring in different processes and technologies to find different ways to engage customers when you can't go in their homes or you can't visit their cars and, and so forth, when engineers can't be on the road. There's lots of different um, things that have cropped up, if you like, during that period and, and by, being, by having good client engagement, good conversations. So actually, as I get towards the end of this year, I'd say it's quite been quite draining because it's been a, a hectic sort of energetic end to what has been a very challenging year. Um, so hopefully looking forward with the vaccines just coming out in the last week or so and everyone getting um, hopefully a little bit excited about that, we could get back to a nice 2021. But um, yeah, so I'd say a, a mixture of emotions. Yep, and I think you've summed that up very, very nicely. Um, Richard, you've had, uh, well, a, a personal kind of learning curve, I suppose, during 2020, but also from uh, from what you are learning at Aztec. So tell us a little bit about, about your journey thus far. Yeah, as you've said, I mean, similar type things to what the guys have just said, but I suppose, you know, from our angle, it's similar to what Paul's just said about, you know, providing solutions, creating solutions and services that support, you know, those that, that need it, um, you know, from an industry perspective. I'm going to use the word exciting, um, but then I've only been in it since August. So, you know, I probably haven't experienced the same impact that most of us have kind of felt from this. But from a business perspective, you know, like others, you know, we're volume driven. So, of course, we've experienced some business impact during the lockdown, but that, that's nothing new. Um, but I guess we're in a slightly fortunate position that we, you know, we work across the, the tech side of the motor industry. So we're not solely reliant upon vehicles crashing and, and you know, that side, we, we specialize in providing services for windscreen replacement companies and, and vehicle servicing companies as well. Um, you know, and we can even dip our toes into the salvage world. So I think we have a slightly broader brush to to, to go out with this. Um, you know, from a 2020 point of view, uh, I'd say that was a, le- a massive learning curve, a massive learning experience. You know, even in this short amount of time, I've been able to learn, uh, you know, a lot about scanning and calibration industry, you know, what a minefield of potential problems it is. Um, you know, as vehicles get more advanced in terms of technology within them, there'll be more reliance on solutions such as ours to ensure that the vehicles are repaired correctly, the technology in the car is you know, repaired correctly, and, and, you know, therefore ensuring that the cars perform as they were designed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for 2021, um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it's similar to what everybody else has said about 2020. The sooner we see the, the back of 2020 and we can look forward to 2021, I think most people will be happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Richard. And so we've obviously just, uh, well, uh, England itself has come out of lockdown uh, 2.0. I must remember that. Um, 
now heading into the festive season, typically it's sort of the industry starts to slow down a little bit, uh, obviously weather pending and everything else. But what have you thought, Lee, right now on kind of the sector and, and, you know, how do you feel about it? You know, the more immediate future, I suppose. The volume's still down, obviously, um, but they're going to be for a while, aren't they? Um, how do I feel about going into the future? Um, quite strong. Um, I think we need to uh, diversify what we're doing as body shops, not be so heavily reliant on work providers and work provision, although it is essential, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think as long as we uh, we invest in the right money with technology, um, get the right people uh, and keep progressing. And there, there are other work opportunities out there, not just insurance work. Um, I mean, we're high-tech body shops, aren't we? You know, we've, we've all invested crazy money in equipment, training, the people, the whole lot. So, you know, there isn't just insurance work, is it, that we can do? You know, we need to get involved with others, fleet operators, um, private work. There's, there's so many things we can turn our hand to. Um, so we've got to go out there and get it. We're kind of in, in control of our own destiny to a point, aren't we? Instead of just sitting back and waiting for the work to come to us, we get out there, don't we, and get it, you know? I like so this. I'm, I'm feeling happy. We're going to look forward to relax over Christmas. Can't wait to get cracking in January. Good man, good man. And I'm just going to pick up, I saw a, I put a, a message in the LinkedIn group or a news story that came out of Honda. And, uh, I think it was Honda it had shut their factory recently due to uh, problems with shipping. And I, and I saw you'd put a little message in there earlier about uh, you, you've got some equipment that's... Uh, yeah, we, um, we've got a new four-wheel alignment system going in. should be going in this month. Um, but the wheel alignment ramp that we've got uh, from RAV, which I think is from Italy, um, should have been coming through Phoenixo Docks over two weeks ago, so we should have had that installed by now. Um, but because the docks are overflowing and they've got so much going on, that ship with that ramp on is stuck out and, and can't come into port, can't dock. So, yeah, so you can see why Honda would have had to have closed their operation temporarily. Yeah, so uh, again, the stuffing, you know. An impact, and guys, in, in that's in terms of obviously a Brexit and the implications there. Now, we're not going to dive too deep into that today, that's for sure, because uh, who knows what's going to happen there in the next couple of weeks still, but uh, but plenty kind of just to keep an eye on for sure. And uh, Paul, again, same thing from you, from, from a kind of an insurance side, you've obviously seen the world from, from that side. You know, how does the festive season typically shape up? Are we at a completely different festive season this year to what perhaps we might expect uh, in a normal year? Well, yeah, I think we are, aren't we? Because you're right, the festive season would usually be very quiet. Um, you'd usually use that as your time to clear up all the things you haven't had a chance to do in the previous two months. Um, but actually, I think it's a, it's a fairly frantic stage of trying to replan uh, insurers will be doing the same thing as, as, as all of we are in, in the supply chain because there's so many different moving parts like consumer driving behaviour as you showed on some of your charts a moment ago and how the rush hours have changed um, as you say, how Brexit's going to play out how long will Covid be around and will we have another lockdown in the new year the used car values the, the EV agenda, the ADAS agenda there's lots of different things happening at the moment that um, cause so many different ups and downs to try and predict volumes and costs and, and, and various other things, I think that it's going to cause 
um, a bit of a busy period trying to recalibrate what normal might be moving forward for both us as businesses and for insurers to predict their claims costs, which becomes quite critical for them to be able to be competitive at the other end and, and sell products in the first place. Um, so I think, yeah, quite a busy period ahead, I would think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, very, very different to uh, to previous years. And and Richard, again, you know, to yourself, the, the more immediate future, you know, in terms of Aztec, I know you, you've not been there long enough to experience kind of a winter, so to speak, uh, within the organisation. But what are your kind of thoughts, again, moving ahead? Paul's touched on many of the subject matters that, that are everyone, you know, on everyone's mind at the moment. But um, how, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's similar, isn't it? And I think, you know, I think for me, it feels like we're kind of getting there, you know, from the conversations I'm having with the various people that I've spoken to since I've been doing this, there is certainly a huge amount of positivity out there. Um, for what has really, you know, been a really difficult and, and unsettling time. But, you know, it's also great to see companies opening new sites. You know, that that's probably not the expected norm in the period we've just gone through. So, you know, to see people continuing to push forward with their business plans. And, and I guess if, COVID has taught us one thing or given us the time to do one thing. It's probably been to take stock, think about where you're at as a business. Uh, Lee mentioned it earlier about the ability to be able to, you know, readjust your business staffing numbers or the way you work to, to align yourself in, you know, in, in preparation for what's going to be coming over the hill in, in 2021. You know, we, you know, we've seen the stats, you know, where the volumes are at and, and the impact and the latest lockdown has had on the sector. Um, but we got through the first one. That was far worse than the second one. Um, you know, we'll get through this one. Um, and I think, you know, that there is there's positivity to be had. And I think people need to remember what a resilient industry this is. Um, you know, this is this has had it tough, I think, over the last six, eight, nine months. Um, but I think that the positivity that you know I'm experiencing from people and, and you know, that's from my own personal perspective as a, as a business you know, we've got loads of opportunities coming up, which is which is great for us. You know, there's, and I'll talk about this a bit more later, I guess, um, around the faction piece if that comes up. But you know, what's coming over the hill in in March, you know, will will fit nicely with what we do as a business. So you know, we're super excited about the plans for 2021 and what we can do. So you know, personal feel, I'm I'm I'm, I'm bubbling. Normally, I wouldn't be at Christmas. Normally, I've probably worn myself out by now. Um, it's been a, it's been an interesting four months and a very long four months. Um, but I love every minute of what I do, which is great. Um, but yeah, 2021, I think is going to be really exciting. Good stuff. I thought you were going to reference yourself as the Grinch there or something over the Christmas period, but no, thankfully we avoided that. So uh, um, people and technology. Now that's been a recurring theme, theme throughout all of these webinars, throughout all of this year. Technology has been accelerated like, like nothing else before. People... I think people's, you know, the the asset, the value they can bring to a business, I think has truly been recognised as well. Where, how do we get that fine balance between the two? You you guys, Richard and Paul, you're, you're both kind of techie guys. Lee, you're coming at it from a, you know, a, a repair perspective. Um, you know, so we all see it from slightly different angles. So, Paul, I'll come to you first. How do you marry the two? And how do we make sure kind of we've got the right balance well, it's a good question, and <clears throat> Adam Murray, I know you've asked the question in the um, Q and A. I'll try and reference that as we go through the through this. If not, I'll come back to you uh, on type it in. I, I think that from our point of view, a lot of what we've been doing is trying to um, augment, if you like, technology solutions with experts. So, if you take it at a, a basic level, where experts that would previously be driving around the country couldn't during COVID, 
or, um, or needed to get out to vehicles that couldn't, then they use our solutions to try and bring in media to help them do that from desk. What that's realised is a real efficiency for those organisations to actually show, actually, I can reduce movements, I can reduce costs, I can improve the value I get for each of my employees, particularly the experts, and, and that can be um, one quite expensive talent to keep, but really important talent to keep. Um, a number of different solutions around remote assessments, remote audits, um, different ways to engage customers. So for me, it's about finding all the different things that are not so much of a, of a value step, using technology to eradicate some of those and make sure that the uh, expert is being placed with all the information to make the decisions faster um, for the customer or the client and whatever the impact is. But, um, so from Lee's, Lee's perspective, it's getting him as much information as you can, as quickly as you can, so he can make an informed decision on what he needs to do with the business, as an example. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And those skill sets are, you know, an absolute necessity still. Vital to the industry, the exactly. so you, you don't want to replace the experts. You just want to help help them make their jobs easier and get more from them. And, and Richard, I, I assume, you know, from from the Aztec space, from where you come from, come at it from, kind of the same the same theory, really, that you're working on. Pretty much exactly. I mean, you know, I think we all know we're living in a tech-driven world now, and it's certainly something that, you know, has to be embraced. Uh, but we always have to remember, you know, as the industry currently stands, people are just as important for me as the tech is. The tech is just the, the way to be able to assist the, the good people that we have. Um, and but, but, you know, for me, technology is a wonderful thing, and of course it's here to stay, but it can also, for me, be slightly worrying and dangerous in certain aspects you know, of our day-to-day activity. If we don't fully understand it, um, you know, the, the tech is there to support people. But, you know, if I take what we do as a business, then people and technology is exactly what Aztec is about. Um, you know, we couldn't offer up our expertise that we apply um, solely based upon the device. I mean, you know, the, the, the people element is just as important for us as, as the tech is. Um, you know, to give you an example of that, you know, we how we marry those two together, you know, as, as Aztec as a device, that links to our trained technicians in the back office. You know, they will then link the card to the OE tools, you know, and it's the technician that's physically taking responsibility for providing that service. So, you know, for me, that, that that's quite key to what we actually do. Um, but actually, do you know what? For us also, it starts a, a way really before that process that we do here. You know, we've got a team of guys in the US who are actively analyzing, you know, what tech is in cars, what's coming. Um, you know, we found through hours of research that there's, you know, there's, there's issues that will, will appear in the future. And, and all of this stuff, we, you know, we as a business have to make sure that we support our customers, our future customers by, you know, raising the awareness so that when they do start using the tech, you know, they are equipped, knowledgeable, have the, the, the relevant skills to be able to support the, the tech as much as the tech is supporting the people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good, good, valid points there. And and Lee, you know, from a, a I'm going to use the term grassroots, but from a repairer perspective, you know, you is it a conundrum that you're caught between I investing in the latest equipment that is all singing, all dancing, and we hear so much about, but at the same time, you've still got to have a real mix of skill sets, and and arguably are looking at different skill sets now as a business. Absolutely, and to echo what Richard was saying. Um, the tech is only as good as the person using it. You know, it really is. I mean, our guys are obviously ATA. You know, we've got all def- different levels, panel beaters, METers, glazers. You know, they've all got their own tech, even painters. They've all got their own different tech, haven't they? And us as a body shop, to 
to remain open to repair alternate types of cars. We've got to keep an eye on cars that are coming out in the future, different technologies, make sure we've got the right equipment, make sure we've got the right training. Um, and we've always got to keep our eye on the ball because it's changing it's changing so so quickly. I mean, I heard yesterday um, Mercedes uh, on the new S-Class has even got, say, sensors in the seals that can detect a low blow impact and will raise the suspension right up so whatever's going to hit it goes underneath. You know, so you imagine just, so now just replacing a, a simple seal section, the technology is not even be involved in that. You know, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. But we've got to be, got to be ready for that, haven't we? You know, because we're, we're not manufacturer specific, we do every manufacturer. I know we've got manufacturer approvals, but we're a general repairer. We have to be one step ahead of all of that. Because we, you know, we never know when a car's going to come in. So it's constant investment, but knowing in, in what equipment to invest in. That's, that's the key. You know, so we've always got to have our eye on the ball, stuff like that. Yeah, big, big challenges. And do you think, you know, is there sort of a, I, I use the term danger, that's probably the wrong word to use, but, but is there a danger of kind of being too focused on, on the future and all these developments that are taking place? that we almost forget about kind of the here and now. I mean, you're balancing that day-to-day -day as well as, you know, that, that future forecasting type stuff. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but it's kind of, it's, there's a couple of people in our business, it's kind of their, their responsibility to be looking at stuff in the future. Um, all the day-to-day -day stuff, the here and now stuff, is being dealt with day-to-day -day by... 90% of people in my business, for example. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one, if I'm honest. That's interesting. No, it's great, great thoughts. I mean, that's how you, you know, you split your business in terms of giving people, you know, individual responsibilities for areas. Yeah. And we, we hear that from a lot of the groups uh, have these sort of, you know, admin side of things in play where people are focusing on certain areas of the business and as an independent. Um, yeah. It was just a. Yeah. And because we are an independent here, you know, I obviously I'm, I'm the owner, mansion director or whatever, but I've still got such a passion for, for cars, for the industry. So you know, I'm always looking at stuff. I'm always looking at stuff in the future, whether it's, you know, to do with my job or not, but anything to do with car-related stuff, uh, accident repair, I'm, I'm always looking at it, always. I'm always thinking, right, that's going to come in soon, and I make inquiries about it, so, so I know. You know, and then I'll pass it down to my guys on what we need to do, speak to the training centres that we use, and then go from there so we're ready for it, you know? Yeah, no, great stuff. Great stuff. And that's a probably a nice little segue across to Paul. You referenced the question from Adam Murray uh, and he's asking you, do service certainty have any plans to link estimatics to estimatics, a.k.a. AI solutions? That's a good question, Adam. I think, um, I think it goes back to our people technology point earlier, really. I think there are, there are some organisations or a few organisations that have been um, using AI in different ways in this industry now for a little while. Um, none of which, from what I can see, have completely cracked it. And that's probably because it's very hard. Uh, and actually, a part of that is because obviously the vehicle and, and all, all parts of the vehicle are constantly evolving, constantly changing, as Leah's just referenced as well. But from our point of view, you know, we process millions of images of broken cars every year. So, you know, we'd be, we're in a good position to explore that, 
be more than happy to explore that with, with Adam or whomever else. Um, but as it stands, <clears throat> we've got a number of other things on the shelf and, and, and uh, demands from clients right now that we need to try and um, execute first and foremost. But there's definitely, a, there's definitely a part to play for AI in this industry, but I still think it's with experts alongside, not necessarily replacing. So we're at about the midway point and a huge thank you to our corporate partners, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well, of course, to our partners, Aztec, the Green Part Specialist in DASA, the Innovation Group and Prasco. Enjoy the second half of the audio cast. Yeah, yeah, and that's a conversation we've we've had uh, a few times, I think, on the webinars and, and in previous times when we've we've discussed AI. There's still that need for the the human uh, intervention at times. Um, now, working on that subject, or certainly taking the subject of uh, you know future technologies, Richard, um, I'll come to you first on this one. But you know, we had a great conversation a couple of weeks back when we had the uh, ARC 360 looking ahead digital event. We were talking ADAS EVs, AI, 3D printing, which um, you'll hear a nice podcast coming from us next week in terms of 3D printing. Um, but how do you see these areas? You know, you're in that realm, obviously. How do you see them? impacting on on the industry i know they're already here but you know what yeah. are we kind of missing at the moment about all of this that's a very interesting question and, and you know uh, and for those that that know me know i'm probably relatively well outspoken but so I'll, I'll be mindful of how i put this across but for me i think we need to be as an industry i think as a supply chain we need to be more honest with people and i don't i don't know i mean everybody um you know the, the the technology, and I mentioned earlier on about the fact that it that it scares me. And, you know the reason that I'm scared is because you know I've seen examples just in the last four months of, you know, people believing utopia when utopia is not actually the reality of what they're what they're doing. And the technology in cars cannot be, you know, you can't take shortcuts. You you can't you can't assume things. Um, you know, uh, and I've commented a lot on, on what we do as a business, and, and this isn't really a sales pitch. But, you know, for me, it's obvious that as a provider of a solution that supports and protects repairers on their issues and requirements, the impact, you know, is going to be considerable, you know. But actually, for us, this is a huge opportunity. Um, you know, I've mentioned the faction piece that's coming out. You know, that's going to probably going to change the way in which repairers have to think about in terms of the repairing the cars. You know, that will therefore put an onus on the supply chain to ensure we protect the repairers from a liability standpoint. You know, I've mentioned the word honesty a few times. You know, I think come March, that's an essential. There'll be devices, you know, out there that are being used that, that, that maybe are not fit for purpose or haven't been updated or don't have all the vehicles in the system to allow the repairers to be comfortable that when they're logging that device into the car and they're doing the scans and looking for fault codes, you know, they're either not being cleared or the sensors aren't being calibrated or the vehicles are not even being recognized. Um, and, you know, that's going to have serious consequences and implications you know, if these things do continue to happen, um, you know, I'm, I'm also kind of slightly worried about how much people fully understand ADAS. Um, and, you know, I know there's some ADAS, um, you know, sessions that are happening and people are starting to raise more awareness about ADAS. And, and I'm absolutely no expert, you know. I, I had a good understanding before I joined Aztec. But, you know, I've, as I said, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, uh, and for me, um you know, I, I think the lack of awareness is, is probably going to be one of the biggest impacts that we're going to see in the next in the next few months. Um, and, and actually, it's it's for you know it's for us as a as an ADAS supplier, provider, service provider. 
um, to ensure that when you know someone uses a, a device, they plug the device in, they can be a hundred percent confident that that device is going to, you know, be able to scan the car correctly, be able to reset all the fault codes, be able to do the calibrations in line with the OE requirements, um, and and that's going to be a tough ask. And you know, but the repairers need to be comfortable that whoever they're going to be using to do that, and there's many solutions out there, is going to be the ones that's protecting them. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's going to be an interesting time, I think. You know, and, and I'm gearing most of my work at the moment. I'm doing is around what's coming in March. You know, we're doing a lot of work internally about, you know, providing the various certificates that people are going to need and the liability cover and the insurance, all that kind of stuff, to to make sure that, you know, if, if people want to use the Aztec device to, to to support their business, then you know we've got their backs covered, and that's what all we can do really. Great stuff. Thank you, Richard. And and Lee, I come across to you again, you know, specifically, are you looking at any kind of, you know, tech that perhaps is a little bit out of the norm at the moment in terms of your business? I've referenced 3D printing. You know, does this stuff come to front of mind at the moment with yourself? No, certainly not 3D printing, no. Um, I guess the, the biggest uh, investment we've made recently in tech is... Um, for an ADAS, so we can do our own ADAS, which is all coming as part of our four-wheel alignment kit. Um, so at the minute, we're having to um, subcontract ADAS stuff out, which is obviously not ideal. Um, we're As we're a pipe marked repair, we have to order all our subcontractors anyway, so we know that they're spot on and doing a 100% job. Our VDAs will um, identify whether the car needs ADAS or not, um, via repair methods, and if they're not sure, they'll do a VIN check through the dealer. Um, again, if they're not sure, our METs will soon know when they strip fit, whatever. Um, so at the minute, stuff's going out to um, to a local company to be done. Um, they can do probably ninety percent of uh, of the cars if they can't go to the main dealer, um, which they're not always great to be honest. Um, but we're bringing that in house, so I quite a uh, four for jam will be up and rock and rolling with our own ADAS. So that's probably the the biggest investment we've made in technology, if you like. Yeah, yeah, super. Great stuff. No, that's really interesting. And to see where your the sites are set, I suppose. Um, yeah. And, and longer term plans? I mean, you know, is there anything else in the pipeline that you think by the end of 2021 we'll be into or looking at? <sighs> I think as the as the cars come more advanced with, with all the AI stuff, I think the the ADAS capabilities of, of what's available at the moment it can change for sure. Um, so they'll certainly be getting more high tech um, and autonomous driving and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's all going to head that way, yeah, without any doubt. Yeah, well, training that goes with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's it's good. It's good. Oh, it's certainly exciting time. Yeah, massively exciting. Yeah, uh, and it'll be great to see how it all uh, how it all kind of you know maps out. It will. It was. Yeah, it will. And, and Paul, with your kind of you know technology head on right now, and and perhaps coming at it from a more of a kind of insurer, perhaps uh, supply chain perspective, you know, what are those technologies that are really kind of you know uh, at the front of people's minds at the moment in terms of could be you know big game changers uh, and could change the way we operate as an industry, perhaps. Oh, that's a big question. Um, how, long, how long have we got? I, I think um, I think there's, a, there's a lot. A lot of the topics have already been covered, to be fair. But I think if you if you think all the way through from buying insurance all the way through to repairing the car, what we saw during COVID was 
a change in the way people use vehicles. So that's going to start looking at, I think, a change in perhaps vehicle ownership models. It's going to look at the change in which the way in which you buy your insurance, your parametric insurance, and that's going to start <coughs> starting, to, starting to come in more to the fore, uh, of which obviously with that becomes a lot of vehicle data upon impact and then the way in which you augment that with some of the things that we've already talked about um, with images and, and media and AI and so forth, you start to bring together an awful lot of information uh, to help people like Lee repair the vehicle. Um, so I think, I think all of those things uh, are in everyone's minds, whether that's to how their business can adapt to it. But I think as Richard and Lee talked about at the start, this industry is incredibly agile. And I remember when we set up a year ago, uh, Mark, at the first, um, session you had yep. we were talking about I think ADAS and how the industry is going to adapt to ADAS and how the um, profits are being squeezed the usual kind of conversation we said do you know what this industry is fantastic because we all adapt incredibly well and yes there's loads of change happening at the moment and it's very difficult to predict any kind of certainty um, but from insurers through to body shops this industry's always got some answers um, and I think that's, that's the exciting thing coming around the corner yeah, definitely, definitely. I think we've we've learned an awful lot this year, as as I think you've all said uh, thus far. And it's uh, it's been a high tempo year. And and kind of building on that. And again, I'll come to you again on this, Lee. You know, we we have you know you've you've already said you know relationships have got better. We're, we're moving at a real pace now, and probably more agile than we've ever been in terms of businesses. But we've also all said we're kind of looking forward to a little bit of a Christmas break. Um, I doubt. <laughs> How then going into 2020, can we sort of maintain this momentum of agility, of change, of adaptability? Or do you think there's actually going to be a sort of period of stabilisation? Or have we just not got time for that now in this industry? We've got to. We've got to change, haven't we? We've got to keep moving forward and diversify into stuff because work volumes are they ever going to come back to where they were I'm, I'm not sure are things going to change i mean there's all these closed groups now aren't there um the whole red north paint stuff uh fix autos and own shops agl you know so i think us as repairers especially independents we, we haven't got time to to just sit back and think oh, we'll just rest on our laurels and carry on we've got to keep changing we've got to keep moving forward investing in equipment be at the top of our game and keep looking at other other work streams. We've got to do it, you know, simple as that. And if we don't, we're going to disappear, aren't we? And do you do you think that evolution will be uh, sort of segmentation of the market? Do you, do you see it from from where you sit and the, and the peers that you talk to? You know, are you going to target specific areas, whether that be by brand, whether it be by type of repair, whether it be by audience, I don't know. But uh... Manufacturer approvals are, are, are my biggest thing that, that I'm going to go for, or we're going to go for as a company. Um, because I think in the future, it's going to, it's going to be with manufacturer approvals. So the shops, even, even, you know, we can have as many insurance approvals as we like, but I think in the future, Unless you're approved by that manufacturer to repair that car, I don't think insurance companies are going to refer the work to non-manufacturer approved body shops. Like Tesla, for example, I was speaking to, um, to, to the guy there a few months ago about possibly becoming Tesla approved. And, and he was saying um, that certain body parts, especially structural parts, will only be supplied to a Tesla manufacturer approved body shop. 
So straight away there, the insurance companies can no longer give it to one of their approved repairers. As, well, they can, but only if they're Tesla approved. So other manufacturers are going to follow, aren't they? Especially as the cars become more complicated. Uh, so for us, I know for a fact our future's in manufacturer approvals. You know, along with a kite mark, but we've already got that, and that'll just—I know—I think that's going to change next year, and it slightly the, the standards going to change, but we'll just adapt with that. Um, but yeah, manufacturer approvals are what what I'm going to concentrate on, without any doubt. Brilliant, great stuff. And Richard, I know you all have some thoughts around kind of you know how the industry might uh, evolve, segment, change manufacturer approvals from where you sit. You know, how do you view the world? I think, like Lee's just said, I think that's probably the direction it's, it's going to go in. Um, you know, just just to clarify my point, because I, I've mentioned the thatching piece a couple of times, but what I'm referring to there is the new indus- insurance industry requirements. You know, in terms of the safe repair of ADAS equipped vehicles, you know, and I think that that, that those sort of two things go go together because you know if you have the if you have the you know, OE approvals, you get the OE equipment, and therefore the two things kind of marry together. You know, that that's kind of the reality of where I think it's going. Um, you know, that's what that's what vehicle manufacturers push for. I mean, you know, they, they, they believe that the, the right person to repair the car are those repairers that are approved to do so, and you can understand their logic in that. Um, but that's why, as tech, as a business, we have to be adaptable and flexible to ensure that, that if a repairer isn't approved but still wants to get the same kind of quality of service that he needs in terms of the, the technology side, then, then we can support them around doing that. So I think, yes, of course, there will be some... Some levels of spec, you know, specification, specialism, specialism. Can't speak today. Specialism, and you know, and 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 that will just continue as it has. But I mean, that's been going on for for you know a long time. I go back to my my days at Aviva, which is a long time ago. I mean, we had approved body shops, you know, going back to twenty years ago. So it's not. This is not a new, you know, a new thing that that people are now thinking or discussing or, or wanting to do. It's it's been in the, in the industry for a long, long time. Um, it's just how does it get managed? How does it become effective? How does it get supported? You know, who's out there that can support it? There's lots of questions that you need to have around this sort of stuff that need to be answered. Um, but I, I think, you know, as I said, we've we talked about how 2020 has had an impact on everybody. And I think that'll be another one of the things that people will sit down at the end of the year and contemplate, you know, what's right for their business. And, you know, are we going to be forced into that, into that process or, or are there ways of being able to kind of combine the two things together to get the best out of it for all involved? Because, you know, from my perspective, and, and you know, again, it's, it's purely from an Aztec point of view, but you know, there are repairers out there who will have OE approval, but actually they won't have approvals for other manufacturers where they get working from insurers that are not approved. So, you know, they still need the, the ability to be able to look after those cars effectively and properly. Um, so they still need supply chain. They still need the people with the, the right tools, equipment and skills to help them do that. Great stuff. And, and Paul, from, from your perspective, you know, will, will 2021 kind of just be another, another step on this ladder towards what we've just kind of talked about? Um, you know, or, or are we likely to see, you know, overnight kind of a wholesale change? Do you think, you know, the industry's changed. Leeds said it, you know, are we going to get back to the, the volume industry that we once knew? Um, or thing or are things going to have to change perhaps a little bit quicker than perhaps we've, we've ever, we've ever known. I think your last point is, is more, more correct. You know, the industry's always changed. Some things, as Richard's just referenced, have been there a long time, but every year there's been something new and something different that we've had to adapt to in some way, shape or form. There's just a lot of it happening 
at the same time, which just mirrors the speed at which technology is advancing. And therefore, there's lots of things to consider in the vehicle and outside the vehicle to, to change the way in which we work. Um, but yeah, I think the, the green parts comment someone's made, I think, is an interesting one as well. Uh, I think there's, there's lots happening at the moment. There's lots of change to adapt to. But I think with the, the, the other agenda we haven't touched on too much is the environmental agenda. That I think is, is an increasingly hot topic. And as we start to get into some form of normality outside of COVID, I think people will start to turn their attention to um, that, agenda, that agenda as well in a big way. And do you think, uh, you know, again, from a from a kind of insurer side of the world, you know, that that kind of CSR thing, the environmental aspect, we've talked about it on some webinars recently, uh, as you say, you know, green parts uh, is bubbling away behind the scenes right now. Do you think do you think that will become, you know, more sort of, you know, front of mind again in terms of how they work with the supply chain and what they're looking for within their supply chain, perhaps? Definitely, it's already starting to happen. Some of the some of the conversations we're having with clients are around how some of our solutions and or our, our network of pros can reduce journey time, can help people evidence where they're um, improving their CO two emissions and so forth, so and carbon footprints. So I think more of those conversations are going to be happening um, at that kind of level from from insurers and down, really based on some of the political agenda, but also at a ground level. Yeah, I think we should all be looking at ways in which we can we can do things toward that agenda. And I think during COVID, a lot of people found lots of ways to do things differently, and it will just continue in a different way in 2021. But hopefully, without so much of a fear of volume being taken away every, every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then Lee, from a from a repairer perspective, you know how how do you tackle the green parts? Not the green parts issue, but the, the environmental issue, if you like. You know, how are you making your own contribution towards uh, towards it the whole environmental stuff from from what i can see or what we see here um i mean firstly there's always talk about how we we um treat our waste how we treat how we recycle stuff you know how we do this that, and the other but why is why is there not more concentration on us as an industry creating less waste you know, instead of worrying about how we deal with it, why, why are we why are we not looking into ways that we can reduce creating it? Um, one I've, I've just literally just thought of is panels, uh, repair time on panels. Obviously, if the repair time on a new panel or a new bump, whatever it is, um, exceeds the cost of a new one, boom, straight away the engineer will, will only authorise us to replace the panel. So straight away there, there's a panel that we could replace yeah, it might cost a little bit more to, to repair it rather than replace it. Uh, straight away there, it's going to improve a carbon footprint. It's going to help the environment. Again, because we're replacing panels instead of, um, uh, sorry, we're repairing panels instead of replacing them. Same with total losses. You know, why, why do we only repair up to a certain percentage of the value of the car? You know, why are we not repairing a value to 100% of the value of the car? You know, sure, surely it's got to be better environmental that we're we're repairing the car than total loss in it. Customer gets a new car, so a new car has to be made. All of that stuff. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Thoughts from yourself and an idea. That's the way I see it. You know. Yeah. And green parts. Green parts have got their place. You know, no repairer in in the land likes green parts. You know, they they're second hand parts essentially, aren't they? You know, they are hard work. Um, 
And how do we, how, how can we trust the integrity of the part? How do we know exactly that, you know, it's a genuine part, it's this, that, the other? How, how do we know that? You know, so I think green parts have got their place. Um, but as long as they, you know, they're not mis misused. There we are. We'll get some of our partners to drop you a line and uh, and try and convince you that uh, that it is the way to go. So yeah, we're uh, inundated now. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for it. Um, <laughs> Right, we are uh, a few minutes out. So what I wanted to do is just run the uh, final poll of the day. And you've seen kind of the previous gauge in terms of the uh, the surveys that we did. That was uh, purely for body shops. But uh, we just want to see a little confidence gauge. So how confident are you in a business capacity looking ahead to 2021? Again, anonymous voting. Uh, just fire some thoughts in there. Let's see where we're at as an industry. Uh, the good, the bad or the ugly. And uh, we will round things out this side. So loads of uh, chat coming through as well. Some really, really great points. Thank you very much for all of that. I've seen Angela, Henry, Jeff, Max in there. Sean's talking about restricted parts becoming more common in the US. Uh, I think I saw a message from Dean Lander. Uh, Tesla are likely to be challenged on the block exemption in Europe shortly. So there's obviously plenty uh, afoot there. Um, and then there's some other various comments, agreements with what we've said and what's been discussed. So that's brilliant stuff. Right. End polling. Let's share the results. So here we go. 74% cautiously confident, 18% very confident, 6% uh, less confident than the outset, 3% not confident at all. So again, a little bit of a temperature gauge in terms of the industry. So 2021, we've got uh, a few minutes to round things out. 2021, a matter of weeks away now. Um, you know, so let's bear in mind where we are. We've obviously got um, quite a hurdle in terms of uh, something called Brexit still to be decided. Um, but we won't go too far into that. But what are your thoughts looking ahead? Um, what might we have seen? What might we see or be talking about in 12 months time? <laughs> Richard, over to you. Uh, you mean other than Brexit? I, I guess we'll probably be discussing what really 2020, what happened. Um, I, I think we'll see, I think we'll see more development. I think we'll see uh, more positivity. I think we'll see people coming out of this in a more positive um, positive state. I think, you know, I think we mentioned in the very early stages about, you know, COVID given the chance to have a rethink about how he structures his business and his, and his staffing levels. I think people come out leaner, more prepared, um, you know, and, and I think we'll hopefully from a personal perspective, you know, hopefully we'll see Aztec being used in more body shops. We'll see the benefit they're going to get from, you know, you know, we, we, you, we didn't come to me about the environmental question, but from an environmental point of view, you know, we we're not taking cars to, to dealers and having the dealer service, you know, we'll, we'll delay, you know, stop cars being driven backwards and forwards. So there's an environmental mm -hmm. benefit there. Um, you know, we're looking as a business around some, some sort of industry leading collaborations. Um, so all this stuff is going to come. It'll all benefit the industry. Um, and, you know, and hopefully that'll be a positive thing for everyone that wants to, to get involved. Um, but generally I think, you know, it's, it's going to be good. Good stuff. Thanks, Richard. And Paul, from your perspective, 12 months on from here, what will we be uh, talking about? I think it'll be nice to be able to say that was a busy day rather than that was a busy day post-COVID. Because most of the time we look at numbers now, we go, oh, that's quite a good day. Well, 
post-COVID anyway. So you never quite know what a good day is anymore because it's all over the place. But so it'll be nice in 12 months' time to start looking at looking at numbers back to where they were before. I think um, for now, I think just want to wish everyone a very happy Christmas because I think we've all, we've all certainly had a very challenging year. It's time to go and have a, some time with family um, or where you can anyway under the, under the restrictions. But I think I think in 12 months we'll be looking back at some of the things that this this has uh, allowed us to learn about and adapt from. But I think hopefully from that then be fitter businesses to thrive and grow. That's certainly um, certainly what we're looking at anyway. Great stuff. Thanks, Paul. And Lee, from your perspective, LD Auto Vogue, yourself, independent repair shops across the land in 12 months' time, we'll be focused on or talking about? Work volumes will be 150%. We'll be on 200 pounds <laughs> an hour. <laughs> they want to be happy. <laughs> Lee, Lee, wake up. Wake up now. <laughs> All you um, want for Christmas is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, they're diversified, aren't we? We're, we've, we've got to. I think the larger groups will get busier. Um, smaller independents, I think, will will be phased out of the market um, unless they've invested. And, and, yeah, I think we've, we've got to diversify, go into other areas and not just rely on work provision. I know we need it. I mean, we need it, really. We need it desperately, but... We've got, you know, we've got to look at other ways, haven't we? We can't just rely on work providers holding their hands, you know. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Lee. Great way to round out this uh, series two of the ARC 360 webinars. Takes us through to the end of the year. And I uh, see Angela Henry said we won't recognise each other because we might actually see people in three dimensions and all the rest of it. So uh, a huge thank you uh, today to Lee, Paul, and Richard for joining us. Of course, a huge thank you to our corporate partners, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response, and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as, of course, our partners, Aztec, the Green Part Specialists, Indasa, Prasco, and the Innovation Group. Thank you to everyone who's joined us, not only today, but uh, throughout the year. Uh, drop us a message in the chat. It'd be great to hear from you. Keep us obviously all posted in terms of thoughts, ideas that we've got. We'll be back with webinar duty in mid-Jan. Uh, the aim of the game is to turn our focus far more into specialist webinars, i.e. talking about certain subjects rather than just analysing what the earth, uh, what the devil is happening in terms of uh, COVID-19 and its impact. So we'll be doing that. Keep an eye out for the podcast. As I say, next week, we will have a very interesting one on 3D uh, printing within the automotive sector and its potential impact on refinish industry. Uh, LinkedIn ARC group, uh, ARC 360 group is up and running. So again, join that group if you can. Uh, join us there and you'll see loads of information come from us. Last thing to do is thank Lee, Paul and Richard once again for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Wish thank everyone you. a very Merry Christmas and a prosperous 2021. We'll catch up with you all again soon. Take care, everybody. 
So there we have it, and I hope you'll agree another fascinating insight into the industry and how it has shaped and evolved during 2020, and of course, how it looks uh, for the future and 2021. Let's hope is a far more positive year all round. Huge thank you, uh, as always, to our corporate partners, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response, and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes. And of course, to our partners, Aztec, the Green Park Specialists in DASA, Innovation Group, and Prasco. Thank you very much to everyone for joining us throughout this year. Wishing you all a very Merry Christmas and a prosperous 2020. And we will be back early in the new year, mid-January, to bring you more coverage from across the industry. Take care, everybody. We'll catch up with you all soon.